Uh, all right, everybody. So welcome to Carbonite Bounty BS, the show where we talk about uh, Mandalorian on Disney Plus. I'm Scott. Sam. Tony. Ken's got a wicked. Ken's got a wicked. Welcome everybody. Uh, for those of you who have uh, never joined us before, you're in luck. And for those of you who are coming back, we're sorry. Uh, Sam. Sam, before we get into the brass tacks here, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find us? All right, make sure that you guys are going to our website, nerdcyclopedia.com. That's where you see all our links, all our video stuff, you know, all our articles related on nerd culture. Make sure that you are subscribing to us right now if you're listening. I mean, if you're watching and listening, you know, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. Um, make sure that you're following us on all our social media outlets, Twitter, um, ah, Facebook, and also Instagram at Nerdcyclopedia. And make sure that you're also leaving us some feedback at nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com. Awesome, awesome. Definitely mash subscribe. We're going to be here. We have other shows, including uh, Sam and Scott are watching Watchmen. Uh, so check out our channel. Our channel is rad. Um, that is my official Rad. statement is that it is Woo. rad. All right, guys. Man. So we're here to talk about the Mandalorian and we're going to more specifically talk about this episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the domination of the internet by a certain tiny Yoda esque character, Tony, I don't want to start any trouble. Oh. Sorry. I just, I just, I just want to put the disclaimer out there. <laughs> I'm getting used to it. <laughs> um, it's too, you can't fight the world. So yeah. <laughs> you can't fight the world, Tony. You can't fight the world. Uh, so, so this is a really this is a great episode uh, of TV. Um, uh, thank you for Kent to Ken uh, earlier for calling out which Clint Eastwood movie this was. It's Pale Horse. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't see you guys texting and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's what so that's the reference was. Movie okay, we did this week, and <laughs> and this is a show that for me is starting to feel like you know movie of the week or uh, a little episodic, which makes me think it's got legs, right? And. As we all know, it, yeah, the main yeah. character, because we know the real protagonist of this uh, this show is not the Mandalorian. It is Baby Y. Uh, I mean, that's a long way of being. Right, we right, got right. plenty of time for stories. Uh, the Baby Y Chronicles. So I'm uh, I'm stoked to see uh, to see that happen. <laughs> uh, before we jump in, let's go ahead and uh, do first impressions. I kind of gave mine. Sam, what what did you think of this episode? Oh, I thought it was it was good. It was very, very, very good. The um, you know, at the beginning where a any parent can relate to a hard headed kid. You know, you tell them not to touch something, you know, yeah. and they still go ahead and touch, you know, and um after you tell them one time, they go back again <laughs> and still try to touch. You know, I can just so relate to to that aspect. So but the overall episode was great. Um, you know, Gina Carano, you know, she came in there and, um, you know, was 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 going back and forth with with, mm -hmm. with our with our hero Mando. So it was great to see her. And um, yeah, just action sequence really, at really the end awesome. was very good. Uh, Tony, what do you think? You know what? And I'm just going to I don't want to be and I don't want to pretend that we're going to love every single thing and everything yeah. is incredible and everything is awesome. This is probably my Ooh. least favorite episode. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you why is okay. that fact. Now, I'm just going to say, like, you know, of course, from Boba Fett, from the, I just want Mando to be a <laughs> all the time. Just shoot him up. To, he's yeah. just, he's a bounty hunter. He is awesome. This whole human side, like, oh, thank you. Oh, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Now there's like a lot of humanity there. I mean, it's like I said, I'm just I just wanted to be an awesome <laughs> bounty hunter. But I see where this is going. Though. I mean, we're building a character, so I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the episode. I say it's my least favorite. So it's kind of like your least favorite ice cream. It's still great ice cream. Hey, still... It's just not my favorite ice cream. So, well, I could I I could, I could tell you one thing, um, Tony. If I get a lot more um, Baby Y, you know, because they're leaning into Baby Y more and more each episode. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hope the next episode is. Ken, <laughs> Baby what did you y think? Century. What did you think about this episode? Uh, actually, I agree with uh, both Sam and Tony in uh, a lot of aspects, but this one personally is my favorite so far. I like the beginning and the middle <laughs> and the end. How it's just a nice little package. That's his favorite uh, part. The complete package. I feel like <laughs> everything. And but I, I, but to Tony's point, mm-hmm. I understand what he's getting at. Like Boba Fett is my favorite in all the right. Star Wars universe. Boba Fett, badass. Don't mess with him. Takes down anybody. Bounty hunter. Now, here's the thing. The Mandalorian, Mando, is not quite right. full bounty hunter, right? As we're kind of coming up with. Out. He's right. sort of pushed into it. It became his It became his, his uh, destiny, not his choosing. So he came from a very, very peasant-like background, and he became a bounty hunter. So he's still kind of human. So, And I, like the, I love the relationship between the child. Yes. Officially called the child. By well, let's, uh, and let's all recognize our overlords up. with the mouse so ears, because they are the arbiters of canon and our life right. or death for us. They are in charge of all. This. So, relationship that's building between the child and Mando, I think, is gorgeous, and I can't wait to see how this all plays out in the next. Uh, so awesome! Episodes. Very cool. Now, my impressions, even though I already gave you some, uh, I thought right. that. You know, there's a tr- these are Western tropes or samurai tropes where there is this quiet place. It's even in the last samurai with Tom Cruise to tell you how you know prevalent that trope is. It's in everything. Uh, you know, I talk a lot about how it's Western Eshkin. We'll get into that in a, l- in a little bit. I thought that the we're finding out that while the Mandalorian may have armor of Beskar steel, he has a heart of gold. <laughs> so so let's talk about that let's talk about the uh the oh, opening boy. portion of this piece here and that is of course the the cold open that we get with baby yoda just being cool uh it's kind of another another we get these memories of mando and baby and baby you know the child or baby whatever we're gonna call it uh we get these these little snippets of their life uh, i just think it's sweet i just think it's really cool um you can't yeah. i mean I, I, don't, I think that it's going to be a minute before Baby Yoda gets, uh, you know, annoying. First of all, he's going to have to have lines to get annoying. Uh, you know, it's like <laughs> I, I, it's on film, on film, film, mm-hmm. there's not a huge difference between <clears throat> characters that are dogs and tiny children. I mean, quite frankly, right? Because they can't talk uh, <laughs> and nobody wants to kick a dog, right? No one wants to do that. No, no. Exactly, wants Sam. To kick a and child Sam, either, thank you, you again know. for bringing up that we are very pro children and babies. We do not. We think are that pro, pro baby here. Non-violent. <laughs> we are very much anti-violence toward babies. So first of all, before we say anything else, let's get that on the record, right? Uh, yeah, right. It's on the table. 
um, non-violent. I want to open this up to the floor, and it's it's sort of the next thing, right? It's the next thing after that opener. What did you guys all think of uh, of, of Gina Carano? What did you think of her uh, of her? And we we can kind of start with uh, we'll go reverse order. We'll start with Ken. Loved it. Was uh, super. I was surprised that she was in it because, like I I mm-hmm. mentioned uh, mentioned to you, Scott, off off camera. Uh, there's a number of rat chicks that have made mm-hmm. it into the onto the yeah. screen now. Uh, uh, what's yeah. her name? Rhonda Rossi. Is yeah. on nine one one. Oh, is she? Wow. She's great. Uh, and Gina Carrero uh, on here. Mm-hmm. Perfect casting oh, for yeah, that for character, sure. right? She's yeah, she definitely fits in. Beefy, yeah, and she totally handed uh, handed Mando <laughs> his hat like big time. Well, she, or she was definitely his match for sure. But in a very graceful. Oh yeah, very gracefully done. Yeah, she was great, and I my, hope she stays uh, My favorite for graceful part of that fight was when she literally punched Mando's head into the ground from six feet in the air, and his whole body just kind of went collapsed, <laughs> collapsed behind it. That was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tony, what did you what did you think about uh, about Cara Dune played by Gina Carano? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a great character. I mean, the one of the nice things that about Star since mm-hmm. 1977, there has always been warrior women, strong women, mm-hmm. strong characters from just you know the first move from Leia all the way on, and there's just been a great slew. And then, uh, as we know, as we go through these podcasts, you know, I try to tie yeah. a lot of like the expanded universe, yeah, yeah. how that's coming in, and the first thing I thought of. Before I even knew who she was, I'm thinking, could this possibly mm. be Mara Jade? If you've heard that name, she's probably like the greatest female yeah, character awesome. in the expanded universe. Just, you know, another great. I, that's, so that reminded me of her, but I think she did a great acting job. I agree. Perfect casting. Yeah. I mean, she was cool. Great fight awesome. scene. Sam, what'd you think totally of cool. uh, Cara Dune? Uh, she was, she was, she was decent. Great, um, great rep- you know, rapport with um, Mando. You know, um, bouncing, you know, right off him and, you know, just a great companion, you know, for him throughout like the episode and even towards the end there, you know, just calling him out like, you know, um, why aren't you taking off this hat? I mean, you got well, a beautiful really woman right there. <laughs> uh, why don't you just 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 settle down. Well, yeah. so why don't you why don't you do something? You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, you had to have somebody somebody like that. To, it, we we are we've been through three episodes right now um, and we haven't really seen. This is, I think this was the, the, the most we've seen yes. um, or heard Mando talk, you know, throughout the series so far, right? So it was really great to see, um, you know, her bounce off him and get him to talk really, more. Really, nifty. One of the things I appreciated about this casting and the acting job is that, you know, they made, they made this character stout. They made this character muscular. They made this character, it was believable that she was beating Mando up. And Sam and I have talked on our other show, Sam and Scott are watching Watchmen, which people should subscribe to and check out. Uh, we talk a lot about how Malin Ackerman's casting in the original Watchmen movie um, seemed a little wispy to me. It seemed a little less believable that she was beating, pe- beating people up so easily, right? She's just mowing through people, and she's 110 pounds. And I know that's a silly thing to say in in a movie like Watchmen where, you know, well, let's not forget her boyfriend, <laughs> right? I mean, let's not forget Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. So it's hard Big to say blue. that's not believable. How, how dare this woman beat up a man? That's the crazy thing on this show. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think that it's always great when they make it seem very, very believable, right? 
and and I think they definitely uh, achieved that. I believe that she would have won that fight, right? I I definitely totally totally believe that. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely on par with. Um, you know, it's not like Mando we've seen there. a lot of really awesome hand to hand combat out of Mando. I mean, he did get beat up by that rhinoceros. So how how tough could he really be? Well, that that that, that goes to t- um yes. to um to Tony's point and everything. All right, it's about time we 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 see a lot of bad, you know, some bad shit from Mando. We want to see some, some badass. <laughs> you know, yeah. we want to see some more some action. Yeah, that's what we right, want to see. Right, some badass. I didn't just show you know. up just for that, but I definitely came for it. Right, that's one of the reasons we bought the ticket. Um, yep. So, what did you? What what's? <clears throat> you guys have you guys seen the meme with with Baby Yoda with the soup? Have you seen that meme anywhere? No. So. Nope. Okay, so he's it's, it's, that, it's that scene of him with soup? the soup oh, where he's watching the, them fight, and people keep posting like, "This is me when like my kids open their Christmas presents and uh, and stuff like that." Uh, <laughs> uh, really, really cool. Um, let's talk about an ATST. <clears throat> let's talk about what. Right. Let's talk about that. So, show of hands, who was surprised? That they were scared of that ATSD. Me? Just me? Really? Yeah, I really wasn't. No, because have you played Battlefront like really. Two? Because once you get the ATST in Battlefront Two, you're you're you're, you're the <laughs> like you're a- the boss. You're in charge. Or are you saying tone? Like the, you know, the, the group of, you know, people that I believe they were called Krill, yeah. uh, fishermen, or those were pretty cool. Those little blue things bounce sure. around. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. they seem like a very simple, very peaceful tribe of people. So no, I was actually not surprised. So here's, they were shocked. Here's no, my question though. So, you know, who wasn't scared of an ATST? The Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got one, right? They, got, they smashed one with logs. So, first of all, the weapon they employed was trees. And I don't know if you guys were paying attention on this one, uh, but trees seem to have been in big supply there. It wouldn't have been a big, hard deal to do. Uh, I was a little surprised that they were trying to make the ATST a big deal because of how easily they were dispatched by the Ewoks in Episode 6, especially considering that that is some of the Emperor's crack troops in that ATST. And here we've got some provincial Moblin-like pig people that are you know coming to your town to steal your beer your beer what, what, what was their names what was the name of the, the, what, the what was the name of those people i don't know did they get a name yeah yeah they were they were just the raiders i don't know yeah. okay yeah, nothing raiders. in the captions or anything that you guys seen <laughs> uh so so um i mean it sounds like we've never yeah. seen them before right this is one of those you know what's really great about star wars we talked a little bit in the first episode about the vastness of this universe and how one of the things about Star Wars is it feels empty in between the planets. Uh, the universe, their their galaxy is big, and the vastness of it allows them to have planets that are undeveloped, and they can sit right next to Coruscant in the canon, and it doesn't seem weird because there's such a range of experience. One of the best things, maybe, about Star Wars, in my opinion, and that means it's right. Hmm. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit. We got some. I know uh, Ken. I know you were talking about the Mandalorian's helmet. Yes. And you said you you had uh, you yeah. had done some thinking on yeah. on Mandalorian's helmet and his willingness to remove it in the presence of children. So, so what's up? Yes. So, 
So I feel that he, he, he connection to to youth to to children. Uh, so that's how, why so quickly he built a relationship okay. with the child. Pretty much instantaneous. He was with him for just maybe half a day. Then he all of a sudden he didn't want to give him up. Went back, risked his life to save him. So he understands the frailness need to protect children. And I think he feels that removing his helmet in the presence of the children, using mm-hmm. them on his presence, because he not I mean he's ominous. If I saw that guy walk into a bar, you wouldn't go up. You wouldn't go up to him and say, uh, "You spilled my drink." <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, I wouldn't pick a fight with that guy. And I think he feels that children probably feel that way. So his helmet to sort of bring that connection back okay. to or humanoid connection between him and the kids so i think he feels very com- comfortable and um he's also himself since that that tr- those trauma scenes they were right. ro- there were robots which looked very like mandalorian so he didn't want to scare mm-hmm. the children like he was scared i just because i've watched the episode four, four times. times and i think that every time that scene four times comes up with that thinking there's got to be something here they didn't right. do this for no reason so yeah. that's why yeah. I, I wanted to give it a little so bit he doesn't of, take uh, off his helmet time. in front of, so he doesn't take off his helmet for any reason he'll take it off in front of the kids now, now ken I, I think i can infer your answer to this question sure. do you think baby uh the child baby do you think the child has seen him without his helmet on okay. i think the child has i think there's been moments that uh, or that we are supposed mm-hmm. to think happened where the child has seen right. Mando without his gear on. Like, completely. Because he said he had his uniform. He told, uh, he told, uh, he told, I forget who he told. This, yeah. the, uh, the woman? Yeah. Name it. He told her that the last time he, he had his mm-hmm. armor off was just mm-hmm. the other day, and that would have been in with, with him and the okay. child. Yeah. Nobody. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that. I guess. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm like just giddy I still, this whole thing. So. I'm still excited that oh, I'm like, literally every single ass, cent that they spent on this has wound up on camera. Uh, every single penny. It, it, it looks amazing. Every, every scene, uh, it feels like yeah. every episode has some sort of really advanced CGI trickery going on. Um, here we get the pig people's heads, uh, you know, some really cool stuff there and a big action sequence in every single episode too. Um, let's talk about the raid. Let's talk a little bit about the raid on the camp at the end of the show here. And we'll bounce back to other topics too. I just want to talk about the finale here. So let me ask you this, Sam. What what was your what was your thought process when they were training those guys on on how to use like a, a stick? What was your what were you thinking about about the uh, uh, the pointy stick training? <laughs> oh, um, it reminded me of a, a another movie. I just can't. I, I yeah. it's been it's a trope scene. Yeah, you know, so many um when when they're doing a training and you know you're you're trying to train those who have not had any type of training. Um, it's been in several movies. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but you've seen those before where you just have to teach, um, 
you know, nobodies, how to be somebody and everything and how to train to fight a um, foe that they that they don't have any hopes of beating. And this was um, in a tight 37 minute, um, you know, um, episode. They had to do all this. So a lot of things are in this episode are being really sped up. Whereas in a two hour movie format, you would get a lot more development. But I mean, I still appreciated the fact um you know, of that stick scene there. And, you know, Gina, she, uh, um, her character. Uh, yeah. 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 She, she, she was looking at, you know, one of them like, okay, (laughs) you're not doing it right. So, you know, let me, you know, teach you how to do it and everything. So it was, it was decent. A lot of people are talking, you know, we, we, I think the four of us, we appreciate strong female characters, capable female characters. Uh, there's been some talk on the internet, like who's getting their panties up in a bunch about, uh, about this woman knowing how to shoot a gun that lives on a farm. Like, what what is the matter with these people? Like, they've never been to a farm and met a woman that lives on a farm before? Are they getting Yeah, people are like, why does this woman her? know how to shoot her gun? I, really? Well, I, I okay, so a question to me, I'm like, okay, so she knows, she obviously knows yeah. how to shoot a gun and has some sort of experience, you know, with that. So my question would be, um, how and where and why does she know that? You know, it's not so much as, you know, getting her, you know, people's panties in a bunch, just trying to figure out, well, yeah. what's her background? What's her story and everything? And we're she not getting any decision, of that. And that's why, right? Because my, my opinion is that what they're alluding to is that she is from off planet, right? She's a refugee just like Mando. She yeah. stayed there yeah. and she said, I'm going to take this off and I'm going to have a kid and fall in love with this local and or the guy I came with. And that's it. We're not gonna we're not gonna play around. We've reached paradise. We're just gonna sit around drinking what I'm assu- I can only assume is is whiskey, because uh, I want to assume it is, uh, and hang out. And that, and that's pretty nifty. Uh, what do you guys think about that choice that's presented to Mando here? And I know they undercut it because because of the bounty hunter. What what what, what about taking no not taking necessarily his about taking his, well take well metaphorically. Oh okay. <laughs> Because, cause, cause that was that was cold for um, you know, I think you know, um, I'm trying to get some from you, you so, know. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it that way. That whoa, way, whoa, Sam, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. No, 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 none of that. Not, not in a Disney show. Hey. But hey, you know, at the at the end of the episode, Gina, you know, her character said the same thing. She's like, "Why don't you take this thing off and." You know, you know, try to try to try to get some because this is a beautiful woman right here. You know, and <laughs> I, I was just wait, I was just waiting for to see because she was just so close up on Mando, and in in a, in a western she would have been kissed him by now. Wouldn't the two of you know kissed by now? <laughs> they were the sun going down. She'd have pulled a toothpick <laughs> out of the back. Right, been. right. Yeah, yeah, but but with Mando with his helmet, you can't do anything. I uh, absolutely. I'm talking about anyway, the metaphorical removing of his helmet, though, Sam. Not the not the literal removing okay. of his helmet. Okay. So Mandalorian has presented a choice here. And I know it was undercut by what happened literally one second later. So I'm not saying he made the wrong choice. What did you guys think about about this like this tease, this presentation to him of a a stable life? Like this this option. It's almost like like the last temptation of Christ, you know what I mean? Where, where he can see almost the whole of his entire life raising this baby for the next 50 years and then dying before it reaches kindergarten. Uh, did he make the right... Did, do you think he made the right choice? He was going to leave the kid behind. What do you guys think? I think 
and this what I what I do like about this is we really don't know where everything is going. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions. And, uh, you know, we were talking about, well, when was the last time you took off your Elmo? Well, the other day. And then he said, well, when did you start wearing it? And he made that scene to me, that comment where it was about mm -hmm. the same age as those children. He's pointing to the children. And then he says that one line. Well, yes. the Mandalorians took me in. So that was very interesting. So is he not really truly Mandalorian? Is he, you know, incorporated? Um, is that his connection to children? Like was Ken was saying, because something happened to him as a child. So there's a lot of things that we're going to find out. So that's one of the coolest parts about everything is there's so much unfolding. We're getting little snippets and hopefully we're going to get to the end eventually make everything will make sense but we're getting little snippets here absolutely and there. Yep. uh super duper nifty you know uh sam did you see the story uh the bryce dallas howard story where she like couldn't let her kids like talk about baby did you see that yeah she had her kids on set they're like oh, seven yeah. and ten yeah, or whatever yeah. and she's like you can't tell anyone about baby yeah so 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 apparently she was on a set of um solo you know yeah. her dad's yeah, right. um, movie that <laughs> you know Ron Whoever Howard you know is. directed that and yeah, everything she got her so dad she was on the set. <laughs> Ron. So yeah, yeah. So she ended up getting the gig for you know this and everything. Um, so she had to keep that secret or tell her you know kids yeah. because her kids were playing on the set. You know, so you know she had to keep that secret for about a good year or to, you know have her kids keep the secret for about a year. You know, go to school, you know, and she said that every day she told them to, what are we not going to say today? <laughs> what are we not going to, uh, what were we not going to say? And the kids were just like babies. So they, they apparently kept a secret. Um, and the kids were a little bit surprised uh, when it was okay to say it. They were just like confused or whatever. I guess her kids were like six and seven at the time that, you know, that they found out about it. Now they're like about... Um, you know, about like three years later, what have you. Um, now they're able to, you know, actually reveal it and everything. So that was a little bit interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Great episode that she directed, too. A lot too. of strong female creators, uh, artists involved here. Uh, I, I like the episode a lot. For me, I, I, I probably preferred three just because three was so badass. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put that. Uh, yeah, uh, the whole tribe coming, Ooh, you rescue, know, rescue man, the, everything. The, so all that the bounty hunters awesome getting all the yeah. like all the key fobs going alive at the same time. Three just had had a lot uh, that mm -hmm. I liked a lot. Uh, four was really good though, but I mean, mm -hmm. do you think we're gonna? I don't think we're gonna see the raiders or the farmers anymore. I think this is a one shot deal. It's just a, the, the temptation, right? Uh, so you were talking about like you yeah. know, um, Mando's temptation, um. I know, I know this is this is episodic, and you know you're you're telling a um this uh, complete standalone thing within this particular story. You already know, Mando already knows that people are after you know little baby Y. So for him to make that decision, I'm going to leave him here, and then all of a sudden, you know, you hear a gunshot, and I'm like, okay, well, I can't do this, and everything. Well, I mean. As it seemed like to me, he would have contemplated just not leaving him there. But I guess for story purposes, you know, and to make it sort of like a dramatic effect, he had to make that decision really quickly, you know. But I mean, I guess he contemplated it, but I, I thought it was just a One little of those rushed. Things, I mean, the, the universe made the decision for him, you know. 
the bounty hunter he encountered on Ord Mantell really changed his mind, right? We hear that from Empire. Uh, so these bounty hunters are ruthless. It seems like what really kicked up the dust is this raid. This raid on this, on this you know, Moblin settlement, for lack of their names and I don't care. I mean, I'm, like I said, Odell will see him again. Uh, but the word of that got around. Word gets around fast, but word got around about the Mandalorian, and he's been seen with Baby Yoda. So why well, would he just leave him there, you know, or make initially make the decision to leave him there? Well, remember, he did say, you know, he's there, he's playing with the children, and we're going back to this reoccurring theme. He seems happy. And right. then originally, like, we didn't know, like, well, you know, was he drawn to the child because he sees the importance? Or now we're seeing that it seems to be alluding that he just has this mm-hmm. affiliation for children. Okay. And want to just say, well, he's happy here. And that's it. End the story. <laughs> I, get, I, I get that. But who's yeah. going to protect He doesn't need protecting. That's hiding. my question. You know, Maybe he thought he didn't need protected. I think the reason he picked that planet, it was uh-huh. kind of the same thing. It was a he backwater thought- planet. Nothing really around. They could hide, you know, kind of like Dagobah, kind of like you know, um, okay, little backwater. No, no, knowing that, no, knowing that everybody is after baby, um, baby Y like that, you know, you still make the decision well, to, um, you know, to keep them there. I mean, okay, you know, who are you hiding from? Are you hiding from, you know, okay. the neighborhood pot dealer that you owe fifteen dollars to, and you just got to stay a little bit, you know, you got to stay out of your neighborhood or whatever, or are you hiding from the FBI? Mm-hmm. Like, the precautions that you would need yeah. to take are going to be different depending on the level of heat you attract. And I think he underestimated the level of heat that was on him with the kid. So, yeah, okay, then then that's a great point. Yeah. He, he underestimated. So I guess that's what I was just getting mm-hmm. into. He severely under, underestimated the fact of, um, okay, well, it's still going to be people yeah. after even after I leave. Um, and he had to make the decision. I just got to take it. It attracts a lot of attention with his best score armor. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just attracts yeah. attention. Yeah. Basically, the entire yeah. guild is after him, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. So. Yeah, hey, my man has some balls on him. You don't just man. blow up an imperial, <clears throat> like an imperial uh, hideout, and run away. You know what I mean? The empire is still the empire. To oh yeah. Little. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not the the Empire capital E, it's still little E Empire. <laughs> so it's gonna have a few resources. Um, well, it's gonna be about that time. Uh, I don't. I try not. We don't want to keep these longer than the episode. That's silly. So we like to kind of cut them off at a certain point. Um, yeah. We'll do uh, <laughs> final thoughts, and we'll do them reverse. We did the front. I mean, I'm just gonna go first. I mean, so I'll do my final thoughts. Uh, this is an episode that expands uh, the interior world of the Mandalorian. We've talked a lot about how his character is developing. And we talked, I said that he has a heart of gold and an armor of Beskar. And we've never heard him speak like this before. The Mandalorian is almost, you know, like Batman or like Sherlock Holmes. He needs a Watson or a Robin to talk to, or else he doesn't say anything. Uh, <laughs> like Sam said, I know there's yeah. a lot of dialogue here. So this really broadened that out, gave us more of his personality. Um, that line where he says, want some soup? is uh is really great so i think we're going in a really good direction with the show like i said uh a thousand years forever baby yoda adventures that's what i got uh ken you're up next Uh, i agree every single point point that uh mentioned i think the uh writers and directors of all every episode so far have 
mm-hmm. gone back to the cliffhanger uh, formula that Lucas originally built these stories around. So heroes, a villain, some sort of some sort of challenge that they had to go through, an inevitable sort of open end to the to the story. So we had a nice little story. We like I mentioned, you know, this is my favorite episode. Had a nice beginning, a nice middle, and nice end. Tied it up real nice, but also left yeah. open. What's yeah. next? What's next? I mean, right. I can't wait. I can't, can't wait. I, this was one I wish they would take it on the <laughs> Netflix binge <laughs> uh, uh, concept because is I mean, Friday at two a.m. or whenever this jerk two two a.m. in the morning when this drops. I can't wait. But I loved it, and Mando is, is definitely getting. With a personality, and he does need someone to bounce that personality off off of. So he needs a he needs a partner, and I think the child is 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 a good representative. Awesome, Thanks so much, Tony. Yeah, um, as much as you know, where I was thinking, well, I wanted man to be a certain way, but in the grander scheme, I do like that this was an unusual episode because it was a, opening up his character. Um, you know, showing his humanity, so to speak. And now, you know, we got some other questions and, but it's going to be interesting to see where everything goes. I mean, that's the big one. I think that's the big consensus. It's keep, it's a cliffhanger. Can't wait to see what's happening next. I can say this, Mm -hmm. they're wanted people. So the next episode, I don't know, they're going to be bouncing all over the place. It seems like the whole galaxy (laughs) is after them now. So we're going to see what happens. But that was like probably the best part is a character development. That there's a little bit more to him, so that made it interesting. So that's Excellent. that was a cool Sam? part about it. Um, as we said before, Bryce helped um, Dallas Howard, um, Ron Howard's daughter, directed this episode. Great direction. Um, uh, Scott alluded earlier that they're putting their money where their mouth is with this with this show, and it's really great too because unlike a regular network show, and even like us, unlike a lot of cable shows out there, um, you don't really see this type of um, um, short form storytelling on a on a I guess a typical TV show and everything. Um, it's really good direction for what it is, and for the fact that they're actually spending the money to make this work makes the whole world believable. Can it keeps you watching and keeps you you know really into the story. You know, um, they could they could cut half the probably still watch, <laughs> but you know, uh, it, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't connect with you as, as as much. I'm glad Disney is is putting their money where their mouth is, you know, with uh, with the Star awesome. Wars. Sam says, airbrush out the zippers on the foam suits. That's what Sam says. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that's our episode, Chapter Four, Sanctuary on Carbonite Bounty BS, a Mandalorian podcast. Um, you can catch us here on the Nerd Cyclopedia channel. We'll be back sometime next week and on this channel check out sam and scott are watching watchmen uh which you can check over on the other playlist and remember we'll be back 10:05 sunday night for our instant reaction to the penultimate episode of watchmen uh check us out then all right guys so uh without further ado we'll sign off Please. and uh this is the way all right this is, this the, is, way. This is the way this is the way Carbonite Bounty BS is a production of Nerdcyclopedia Transcontinental Podcast. Nerdcyclopedia.